Greetings, Internet friends. The following is the audio version of Walking and Talking, the show in which I walk and talk in an extemporaneous and reflexive manner for four-hour durations. I think that these episodes tend to defy encapsulation, but let's just say that they usually revolve around topics like metaphysics and philosophy of mind. Or another way to put it is that walking and talking is slicing the nothing pie in every which way, sometimes intelligent-sounding, sometimes idiotic-sounding, but always adding up to zero in the end. I'm publishing these episodes as an audio podcast in addition to the original YouTube video format in order to provide a more versatile and perhaps healthier way to listen. This format should make it easier to listen while doing other things, as opposed to looking at your screen for hours. It does take some extra work and money on my part to publish this as audio in addition to video, so if you appreciate this, I would love it if you would donate to support the show, either through Patreon or PayPal. My goal is to increase the frequency and quality of walking and talking, as well as start a new series, and the less time and energy that I have to spend figuring out how to make a living, the more I can put into producing this content and future content. I live on a very small budget, so even small donations make a huge difference. I'll put the Patreon and PayPal links in the show notes, and without further haranguing, let's get on to slicing the nothing pie. Damn, what is up, my internet friends? Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show in which I walk and talk. Good news for you. We're in this idyllic location one of your faves and it's pretty darn nice out also good news for you is that I feel generally pretty good and energetic perhaps on account of positive dietary changes over the last few days another item of good news would be that Roiling around in my brain are a lot of ideas about accessibility, particularly that of this YouTube channel, and how it might become more accessible in a way that's good for everybody. Another note of good news might be that there still exists some form of resistance towards a purely flattened empirical notion of utility. For example, Often in my daily life, I might think to myself, perhaps upon listening to a podcast or upon watching someone else's YouTube channel, I'll think to myself, boy, there'd be so much potential if I could only make my videos more accessible in a number of ways. So for instance, I could talk about specific topics 
in a way that makes what I'm saying more indexable, if, if that's the right word. Or is it indexical? Maybe it's indexable. That I could have a video that has a title that clues a potential viewer into what I'm going to be talking about. And it would be a recognizable topic that someone may or may not be interested in. And this would be helpful, I often think, in allowing the content to integrate more into the viewer's experience. So typically when I'm walking and talking, the general thrust is towards incoherence or discombobulation around topics that are generally philosophical in nature. And in my view, they don't quite exist as, as topics as such. It's as if topics are only really a method of conveyance for actual incoherence. Like the topic is just kind of the shell and what's inside the shell is something that's more about the quality of the actual experience. What's at the core of it? What's beneath the experience even? And so a danger that I've maybe encountered when I have taken my own advice of attempting to speak in a more conventionally accessible way. So for instance, trying to lay out a topic and then speak about it in a conventionally logical utilitarian way is that there's a, a danger of a certain kind of flattening that I have to I have to continue to feel interested in it I have to continue to feel an exciting potential of discovery in this act of talking it seems like, it seems like, for, for this series of videos to continue to have anything compelling or unique about it. It seems like. It seems to me at this instance, even though I spent a lot of time thinking about how great it could be, how much potential there is for a type of 
a type of expansion of what I'm doing. And I mean expansion both personally for myself and for you, the viewer, and for other potential viewers. Potential to, I think to myself sometimes, make a greater impact in the world. Just by adding a layer to this that is more accessible. And that layer, you know, being more, more conventionally identifiable topics. Rather than always seeming to start out on very high levels of abstraction and insisting on such a self-reflexive mode of talking. You know, just talk about topical subjects, things that are happen happening in the world. It's not like I don't care about these things. I'm in fact really interested in things that are happening in the world. I'm interested in subjects However, there's this question of, if I'm not an expert on these subjects, is it possible for me to contribute anything valuable around them, other than merely being a popularizer, but also isn't being a popularizer a useful thing? It does, it does seem like a useful utilitarian thing for me to popularize subjects that I think could be beneficial if more people knew about them or heard about them or thought about them. And another, another thing around accessibility is like, if I did do this, if I made, for instance, shorter videos, or if I made clips of walking and talking that addressed more narrow scopes that could be pointed to with the title of the video, it seems like it would, it would provide a better interface for the viewer to be able to access thought that interfaces with what they are currently thinking about, what's currently on their minds. And I think to myself, why don't I just do that? What's the, what's the problem? There's not, I don't think there is really one. As long as I can maintain interest myself 
and what I'm talking about. And ideally even, these subjects could also serve as just kind of jumping off points for a more expansive type of thinking, a more comprehensive type of thinking that I think is pretty important. But that's, that itself maybe is its own topic, or could be for, for certain. That comprehensive thinking is increasingly necessary in our changing globalized world. And this, this could be, you know, one of the ways that we interpret the tendency in walking and talking not to stick to particular subjects. That I would hope of walking and talking that complex interrelations between modes of knowledge, um, different registers of reality, ultimate versus relative paradigms, different worldviews. There are so many different ways of thinking about things. There are so many different angles upon the world that it seems that one thing that is needed, in addition to all this specialization that we have, is an increased ability to take up these different worldviews and perspectives and understand them and understand their potential merit as existing within a very incredibly complex like ecosystem of different worldviews, if you will. And hopefully thereby maybe reduce the unproductive sorts of friction that we experience in our society. Contribute to increased understanding of other peoples. Less conflict, more synergy. And so I'm generally kind of laying out here a potential mode of seeing, walking, and talking from a utilitarian standpoint. Not necessarily strictly utilitarian in its, in its formal sense, which is something maybe I could try to define later. Just, um, this is just kind of an explaining of one interpretation, one possible interpretation of 
walking and talking as something with some kind of ethical framework behind it or an ethical telos, if you will, something that it could be thought of as going towards or moving towards or striving towards in in a social mode of thinking in a global social framework of thinking like how this might fit in functionally that it might potentially promote um, a, a relatively challenging way of thinking. A way of thinking where where we just don't limit ourselves to one particular worldview, or rather, let me put this another way, that to the extent that it's possible, we kind of examine reality in an honest sort of way where these differing perspectives are continually acknowledged as they arise. So, for instance, maybe I make some assertion and maybe shortly after making that assertion, I then realize the relativity of it or that that assertion was based on a certain type of mental framework that I was, at the time of making the assertion, unaware of. Um, let's try to think of an example to make this, make this a little bit more concrete. So, for instance, let's say I'm going on a long rant about walking and talking being utilitarian and you know making a strong case for it and whatnot but then some kind of doubt comes into my mind or not necessarily doubt but just this alternative perspective that maybe say the utilitarian concept that I was basing my statement off of is, is very like anthropo, anthro, anthrocentric, anthropocentric, anthropocentric. And then that there exists like a whole other dimension of thinking that is not anthropocentric or at least tries not to be. 
under which the whole notion of utility that I was basing my statement on is just kind of meaningless. This happens a lot in walking and talking. I'll be making an assertion. I'll be making an assertion, then I'll realize that the whole premise that I was basing this assertion on doesn't have inherent truth to itself, or it doesn't have inherent meaning in itself. And it tends to, that tends to happen like all the way down, that anything that I'm saying seems always dependent on some kind of assumed premise of meaning that it, it it's always existing within a pre-assumed conceptual framework of meaning that when that premise when that conceptual framework of meaning is examined itself it's found to itself be predicated on a lot of other notions that don't have a priori truth that that don't have some inherent pre-existing meaning up that's independent from other things and it just keeps going so it's like the rabbit holes are infinite as you might know from listening to these long rants the rabbit holes are not only infinite in length but they're infinite in their potential branchings at any moment so many any any thing that i say has so many boy i'm having some technical difficulties with my camera it keeps stopping and saying that it's repairing the file uh it's doing this over and over again and um we're just gonna see i mean if i've posted this video it means something has survived from this but if it continues too much then i have to stop but it's moot to say this uh let me just continue where i left off To me, speaking in this way is what kind of feels the most truthful to me personally. And interestingly enough, it's like that's in relation to or in response to so much other thought that I encounter in the world that doesn't totally speak that way there's there's a lot of stuff out there that maybe points to this and that I am referencing consciously or unconsciously or that informs my thinking about it but I don't think I've encountered an expression of thinking 
that's quite of the same type. Which is maybe why I continue to feel so compelled to make these videos, despite a lot of concerns that I have about their accessibility and my kind of pragmatic thoughts about how I might make this series more accessible and how I might make my YouTube channel more accessible overall without, hopefully without compromising any of its originality. And by originality, I, I just mean that it is contributing something valuable by contributing something that is not already out there in a better form, you know? So quite often, maybe I'll listen to a podcast or I will watch another YouTube channel and I'll, I'll greatly appreciate the both the content and the skill with which it is expressed and I'll feel inspired by that and this happens in a very diverse array of modes um, just to say that there are so many diverse modes of expression, even when we just limit this to verbal expression. So even if I just limit this to like a, a podcast or speaking format of expression, there are so many diverse modes of expression and so many diverse kind of realms of content And so there's so much to be inspired by, and sometimes I might see an aspect of something that I think I should in try to incorporate more of, try to do a better job at on my YouTube channel. And so lately, I have been having a lot of thoughts about how I might make this more accessible and how that could be generally a good thing for everyone involved. And one of my thoughts lately has been to make it more indexed, as in making shorter videos that seem to focus more on a particular topic and then that topic is referenced in the title of the video and the use that that has is that a viewer could more easily find thought that is that relates and interfaces with topics that might be on their mind and so of course i do that you know i i i tend to look for content that I'm interested in, of course. Stuff that I am thinking about. 
But at the same time, it's not necessarily just the content that I'm looking for. In fact, I think it's oftentimes less the subject matter and more so the actual mode of thinking. Like I'm actually looking for modes of thinking that are exciting to me. And so that's maybe a little bit trickier to index. You kind of have to fish around a bit. And I guess that means finding people where you just resonate with the way that they think. And through that kind of resonance, like, in a way, the subject matter doesn't matter so much and you're able to access the truth via a lot of subject matter, a lot of different subject matter that you might not otherwise understand when you become familiar with someone's mode of thinking that resonates with you. So I don't really consider myself an expert on any particular topic at all. I mean, if I were to try to reduce it to a topic, then maybe we could say that it's generally things around philosophy or that it's, it generally has a philosophical bent. But then again, for me, I, I feel like this activity of speaking, at least for me, kind of exceeds the bounds of what would be thought of as philosophy. I think that what I am doing right now has has something to do with a dissonance in me that's created between this desire of making my content more accessible that is to let it interface with a more conventional mode of thinking but still conserve what I think to be at the heart of walking and talking, which is not really about content even. So I'll be in my life, outside of walking and talking, outside of making YouTube videos. And 
I'll kind of understand, maybe, maybe very clearly it would seem like. The need for certain pragmatic adjustments to what I'm doing. A need for it to to kind of like fit in, at least on the surface, into into categories, into mental categories that that we use as a society. So just to put that a little more concretely, to make these videos kind of more readily identifiable on the plane of YouTube videos as a format. So maybe to uh, fall in line a little bit more with an identifiable format of YouTube video, whether it be the blog or the vlog or um, a podcast format, or conversation or commentary on subjects, you know? To be recognizable, at least on the surface in that way. That seems, that keeps, that keeps seeming important to me or like it would be an advantage to do more of that, to, to pivot towards that a bit at least when I'm in my daily life. But then I've had the experience, I had this experience today, actually. When I was hiking up here, up the mountain, I, I was even kind of excited about trying to make this video more indexed in terms of topics. And I thought to myself, I would even lay out a sort of table of contents, a rough outline of the subjects that I was going to speak about at the beginning of this video. And then I would kind of move through that outline and speak about them. And so I, I actually started filming the video like that and something felt awry to me. something felt limited. I felt, um, I felt a little uninterested in what I was saying because I had, I had moved into this realm of actually just kind of repeating or relating information that I had thought about or heard recently that seemed important to me. But I, I wasn't even doing a good job at it, I felt like, because I wasn't, I wasn't actually engaged with this process. A part of me started to witness from a different level um, the, my own talking, my own relating of, of information and my own spelling out of a topic from a distance. 
and felt bored with it. And on one level, one, one could say, well, sure, maybe that's just to be expected that you're not always going to feel actively engaged in the work that you're doing. And sometimes it might feel boring, but there is a useful place for just relating information, even if it's information that was just kind of created at a different stage. So maybe what I'm doing now is trying to speak, at least in a fairly coherent way, while maintaining some level in, of engagement in what I'm saying, some interest, some element of unknowing exactly what I'm going to be saying next, at least a little bit of that. But I can I can detect I can detect a certain amount of longer term coherency in the way that I'm speaking now and that I think that I can see that I'm spending a, a relatively long amount of time digging into what seems to be a, a topic, you could say. But it's also, it's also the topic of precisely what I'm doing. Like, the, the topic is the activity. The, the, I'm speaking now about the activity of speaking, which, in a sense, is really what has always been central to walking and talking. It's really been the, the very simple basis of it. And interestingly, it's like, it's like I'm approaching this center, this self-reflexive center. It's as if I'm approaching it from a different perspective of thinking about its utility and its accessibility and, and thinking, thinking about more conventional modes of thought in a more conventional mode of thought. That is, thinking about how this activity could interface in a, in a more beneficial way overall with the rest of the world. And so that is in a sense, a more conventional mode of thought, simply in that I'm 
well, first of all, that I'm that I'm maintaining kind of subject object duality, that kind of mode of thinking that I'm I am maintaining this kind of abstraction of the rest of the world and thinking about you as an individual and you in the collective sense. And thinking about this third person who is like the potential viewer, the viewer who's not here yet, who could be, who who could potentially experience, um, shall we say, a beneficial expansion of their way of thinking. I mean, that's, you know, this is, this is being very ambitious, um, making a, a very bold proposition that this could happen, but uh, nonetheless, why not be optimistic um, about potential benefits of this YouTube channel? about what I'm doing. Why not? So I'm just saying that something that I'm doing that is a little bit different, I think, now from the usual mode of walking and talking, although in another sense, it might be very much the same. But what I'm speaking of as potentially different is a, is a kind of like examining for a longer time this more conventional level of reality of there being first person, second person, and third person. First person being me, second person being you, and third person being other people. Because that's how we think about things, right? That's like real in a sense, right? Of course. Of course that's real, right? Just that there are different people. There's a lot of people in the world. There's you, there's me, and then there's other people. And so, on that basis, trying to make some rational decisions about how all these people could be potentially benefited. And, and also the, you know, future people. Basically, you know, how, how could we make a better world? This, this is like a, you know, a real thing to think about, right? A better world one with less suffering where on the whole 
um, people have more enjoyable lives and enjoy this this experience of being alive. And so, of course, we want that for our, for, I, I want that for myself and for you and for anyone else, any other person at all. <clears throat> now, just like speaking in terms of the pragmatic for a moment, what would what would improve my life at this moment would be drinking a little bit of water maybe maybe uh, that could improve your experience right now as well consider it So, here's another way of thinking about this. Is that in, in this um, outside life that I have, outside of the act of making a video, um, when I'm thinking about my YouTube channel and thinking about making videos... And I'm thinking about that in relation to other people that make YouTube videos or host podcasts, etc. Just, you know, looking... I'm, I'm, I'm essentially looking at the rest of the world and thinking about my own actions in relation to that. I'm trying at this moment to hang on to some of the concerns and thoughts that I can remember having in this outside life. So, I mean, just to put it in a more plain English, it's that I'm trying, I'm just trying not to forget about some of the things that I've been thinking recently would make my YouTube channel just better. And not just better for me, but better for you and better for potential future viewers and better with its, with its knock-on effects, with, with its its general, you know, spreading impact in the world. I'm trying not to forget about ideas that I've had in the recent past about how my actions might make more of a beneficial impact in the world. Um, and 
it's funny that I seem to need to expend some effort to try and remember these things. And the reason for that is, in this moment, right now, I can feel my experience gravitating towards a more post-conventional way of thinking about things. And by, by post-conventional, another fancy word for that might be transrational, or something that's a way of thinking about things that is not logical in that conventional sense of, of benefit and of utility and of first-person, second-person, third-person thinking. So, for instance, I mean, not for instance, but just like the, the, the relevant case in point is that in this experience that I am having right now, even though I have to use kind of conventional logical words to describe it, this, this, the conventional understanding of existing as uh, a self as the as a, a first person as as me um, starts to like get a little more fuzzy and a little bit uh, you know blurry and eroded it's and and um, not in like a not in any kind of like scary or or like disorienting way but actually in, in like a really positive feeling expansive way and um, it's like my 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 anxieties dissipate. Um, so there's something that seems kind of paradoxical going on in that as, as my, my feeling of being a separate self, of being the first person kind of dissipates Similarly, it's like my conception of you as a second person, as, as you kind of dissipates. Like, um, there's not so much of like a concept. There, there's, there's, there's kind of like less, a little bit less of a concept of you as a viewer that I'm holding in my head. Um, you know, as like a, a solid fixed entity. And on the surface, that could be maybe interpreted as like um, some kind of like disacknowledgement or something or that or solipsism. But um, in my experience of it, it's actually it actually feels like I actually feel a greater connection uh, to you in light of that, because like what I'm, what I'm feeling, like I'm recognizing you as is, is not anything fixed, but as, as just 
like another manifestation of of whatever it is that that seems at the core of what I think myself is. And the way that I'm speaking right now feels increasingly compromised. Not that I'm not that I'm like saying things that are more untrue than usual, but it's that what that what feels true to me feels like it increasingly escapes the mode in which it's possible to talk about it. And this, this doesn't feel frustrating. I don't feel, I don't feel frustrated that I'm not exactly able to feel like I can fully, clearly, like, convey the truth through my words. It doesn't feel frustrating that with each thing that I say, I recognize the compromised premise that it's based upon. And I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel overwhelmed by a kind of increasing multiplicity of directions that I could go in while still essentially expressing the same core truth or, or uh, rather untruth. Like, I, f I feel fine about all of this. I feel, I feel happy, even. I feel, I feel pretty happy right now. And, but even, even that is like, um, not really the important thing. Like, happiness or unhappiness is not really the important thing. I am kind of noticing myself losing the the notion of having a a, a coherent long-term structure to what I'm saying. That is... But at the same time, not. So, I can remember, like, towards earlier part of this video of, of speaking in a way that feels very kind of logically consistent, of kind of 
logically going through the different aspects of the issue that I was talking about and feeling like there was uh, a good continuity going on, like a good continuity over time. And in a way, I can still kind of sense that feeling. But yet at the same time, I am feeling more of the kind of boundlessness of of, of thought. That is, let me try to express that a little better. It's hard to express, really. That there's this increasing feeling that my thoughts could really go in any direction and still essentially be expressing the same thing. But the thing that they are expressing is actually impossible to express. It's inexpressible. And, and uh, I'm finding it really interesting that this seemingly inexpressible core to what I'm talking about in a way is, is like seems totally at odds with all of the intention all of the ideas that I brought with me coming here in the, the days leading up, my, my thinking about how I should speak, my, my thinking about what subjects I should talk about, my overall thinking about how I should maybe steer my YouTube channel and how I should steer this series, my thinking about, about utility and accessibility and all of this stuff and my, my laying out of like an outline of, of something, of topics to talk about that would make sense and would interface a little bit more easily with conventional modes of like, of seeking out knowledge and of interfacing knowledge between one person and another. All of that has basically gone out the window in this moment as I feel myself kind of like cycling around a vortex you could call towards emptiness and it's it's a wonderful feeling it's it's the it's it feels like the most wonderful feeling And it's, it's like happening, like, despite everything else, despite my intentions, uh, despite my, my trying to gain 
another kind of like meta perspective on my own habits. So maybe previously I was, you know, thinking about this issue of, of accessibility or legibility, um, you know, like findability, like, like how, how can this be found easier? How can, essentially like, how can the essence of what I would wish to convey through my YouTube channel be, be easier to, for people to find? And so, you know, all these thoughts about how I can kind of create a, a more user-friendly interface for it, put a handle on it by the use of identifiable concepts and topics and, and titles and subjects of videos. Like, um, so my, my, my kind of self-observation that I've thought about that sort of thing a lot, and then yet when I go out and walk and talk, um, that tends to kind of go out the window and I, I gravitate towards this more self-reflexive mode that, that gravitates towards this center of what we could call emptiness or untruth um, or, or, or something that is beyond words and that um, experience shifts into this total uh, trans-logical uh, unconventional register and so I'm I'm like in my in my um, in the outside life in my conventional logical thinking thinking to myself okay let's try not to do that this time let's try to um, stay very you know like like let's maintain like a level of of rationality that could increase the the sort of like pragmatic benefit or just just the benefit overall benefit to the world overall um of the youtube channel let's okay hold that for just hold on a minute i'm gonna go take a pee and just you know i'm just kind of like continuing to abide by the conventions of the walking and talking series by leaving the camera running in a different direction while I take a pee uh, and I'll be right back
Wow, my my uh, my mind is really. It feels like it's kind of on fire with like a lot of things that I've that I'm uh, feeling like excited to just say. Uh, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to actually just like remain calm enough to to speak in the, in a understandable way. But now, now, of course, I'm like forgetting what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm like trying to like maintain kind of a healthy level of, of like, you know, kind of self, self-awareness or, or self-skepticism or, or, you know, let's let's just say like a, a healthy level of self-awareness. So the the form that that's taking lately is like, um, so this this kind of like different type of experience that I'm talking to you about feels to me when I'm having it. It feels like a like a, a greater level of truth is accessed than than conventional concerns or it's as if like the, the these notions of utility that i'm talking about um and notions of like of benefit of, of helping the world and so and such they it feels like the the kind of altered mode of experience in a way kind of um negates those things or or makes them feel like like relative, it makes them feel relatively uh, limited ways of of viewing reality in comparison to this more expansive feeling where the 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 actual experience of self falls away, and the actual experience of the of of the world as something separate falls away. And so I, I have been trying to maintain a level of skepticism towards, towards that perspective and, and be like, is that actually like a belief? Is that actually, um, is that actually just kind of like based on um, a conceptual framework that's in fact very subjective? That is it, is it actually kind of, you know, is that is that ex mode of experience that I'm ref that I'm referring to as uh, like the loss of self, the loss of separation between self and other? Is that in fact um, just another mode of of selving? that is in fact just like another kind of like conceptual framing of my experience that is of course just you know merely like subjective and relative to everyone else's experience it seems it seems like a rational thing to consider right
just to try to like just to try to maintain a, a just like a type of vigilance against like kind of f falling into some kind of fantasy where um Am I like am I merely just thinking that I am having uh, some form of transcendent experience that transcends the 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 necessary utility of uh, benefiting others and that sort of thing? Uh, I think that's like a healthy skepticism to have, but I I um, I also have to say that. Um, the 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 pr the premise that that proposition is dependent on is is actually I think uh, kind of illusory because like now we have to address some some pr some um, some premises that I've been basing these statements on uh, that are in fact not not really true but it's like in in the process of like explaining something set, setting setting up uh this framework it's it's like necessary sometimes to speak in in relative ways that is to speak in to, to, to make statements or explanations that are um, founded upon premises that that aren't totally true and The, the most important one of these is just this, this notion of me having an experience. Like, me having an experience of loss of self that doesn't make sense. That's, that's totally paradoxical. You know what I mean? It's not me having an experience if there's no me and in fact if there is no me there's no there's no actual experience and so maybe you can understand that this is the this is the way in which everything said here is is basically untrue and yet, it's trying to be as true as possible. And then we discover that even this notion of truth is something that doesn't have a basis to it. It doesn't have a ground to it. It has relative truth that things can be less untrue, you know, that 
you know, in this relative world, we can definitely understand the difference between a lie and something that's basically true or that it is truthful, we could say. Like, it's maybe a little more honest to speak of things being truthful. As in, that that implies more of like the verb nature of truth rather than the noun nature of truth. Um, let's, let's bookmark that and maybe come back to it. Um, because I want to I want to return now to this basic premise that um, I've kind of had to base a lot of this talking on the talk about having an altered experience the talk about having an experience that transcends first person second person third person logic this conventional logic again I like come up against this this wall in that if I think about it I can't say anything true about it like it's not possible and even the statement that I'm saying now is um, is built upon this kind of logic it's it's kind of amazing So, so do we uh, just assiduously avoid the use of any pronouns at all? And just kind of speak in terms of statements of assertions or negations? It's amazing. I I I uh I really can't even claim to understand it. It's like it's like you and I are really in the same boat here. That we've always kind of been in the same boat. That the 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 kind of notion that I could really explain anything or that there's even such a thing as explanation uh, really kind of feels just like illusory like like it do- just doesn't doesn't 
hold water. And yet, like, it's, it's so paradoxical because, like, of course, I can recall via memory this conventional mode of understanding this this um what we could call a dualistic experience of reality the existence of self i can i can i can seem to remember that and i mean like i'm saying that and of course like the way that i'm saying saying it is a contradiction in terms And that I can think of, I can conceive of the, the necessity of, of helping people, of helping the world, of, of doing pragmatic, beneficial things. And I can't, I can't arrive by any logical means at any alternative to that, I, I can't say, I can't say in any true sense that that doesn't matter. And of course, you know, it's, it certainly seems like like I'm talking to you and potentially to others and that I'm using the English language in order to communicate something. Or it could even it could even be said that I'm attempting at least at least attempting to do something beneficial uh, for the world, and yet at the same time, like all of that is 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 untrue. Do you follow me? I mean, like, maybe, maybe you follow me, but it's, it's not really understandable. Like, if you are actually following me, then you, then you, you are confused right now. It's like, it's like this confusion or this, this, uh, paradox is like the um, the most salient and the most essential uh, character of this or quality of this like this is paradox this is contradiction it doesn't make sense and and this this 
comes from me just trying to make sense. Like, I, I, I approached this video thinking very strongly that it was, that I should, I should just make sense. That that would be a good thing. It would be a good thing if I could just make perfect sense in this video and... A be, you know, benefit, conferring benefit to myself and to others, hopefully, or at least, at least trying, at least operating under a coherent conceptual framework with the best of my understanding of the world and of communication and of cause and effect and, and so on. I would talk about subjects that would be of general benefit for more people to know about and be aware of and think about. And yet, this experience, and, and now like I feel as if I should be qualifying absolutely everything that I say in a form of scare quotes so you can just kind of like consider uh, there to be an open scare quote on everything that I say now but then there has to be you know uh, interior quotes there has to be kind of like a um, infinite regress of quotes within quotes uh, qualifying the the infinite levels of untruth that underlie everything that can be even said. This video has totally escaped my intentions. This video is out of control. I, there's no, there's no, there, there isn't a me controlling this. And I, I'm like, I'm at the same time main, actually maintaining, there, there's at the same time like th this thought going on that's maintaining a type of skepticism of isn't, isn't this merely a, a self that is um, an exponent of a particular philosophical framework that is spouting off these ideas of, of non-self and of emptiness or whatever words we want to use. And yet that, that skeptical thought is not able to like overcome and, and establish for itself some sovereign individual who is in control of this. It's simply not happening. Like the, the, the real nature of this experience, and, and I'm still, I'm especially using the word experience even in scare quotes, is something totally uncontrolled without agency there's there's no there's not a higher self there's just there's just this you know it's like i 
I might be tempted to say there's just this experience, but there's there's not. It's like that's not even the the truth of the matter. Like the the notion of experience still lies in this realm of conventional logic, of that there's. Um, there's some kind of self, there's some kind of subject that has an experience. And it's, it's wild. This is, this is fucking wild. Like, I just thought I was going to, like, I thought, I, I thought I would come up here and um, talk about useful things, pragmatic things. And, I, you know, I thought I, I thought I would, like, uh, con- have some control over my life. I, I thought... I'll I'll shape my life, you know. I'll, I will uh, make some conscious decisions to steer my YouTube channel in a beneficial way, and I'll you know to to benefit myself and benefit others, benefit the world as at large. So I'll, I'll you know consciously um, shape the trajectory of my life. Um, and that's just been completely obliterated. There's, there, that's just like, n- at this point, none of that even has a leg to stand on. Like there's, there's not even that, the premise of, of myself and my life, really. There's no there's no premise of the existence of individuals on which to confer benefit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like all, like all my, my noblest aspirations um, are just, are completely undermined by... This, this just like completely uncontrolled like a- a- any word that I want to choose is like not, not right, you know? Like this just completely out of control, like unfolding. But it's, it's, it's not even unfolding because like the, the, this, these notions of time as linear is, is like, that doesn't work here either. And yet, And yet, like, I can't, I can't get at anything. I can't, I can't even, 
I can't even come close to expressing anything true. Because this this paradox keeps arising. Because, like, all, you know, on this other hand, all we have to do is look. There's something happening here. I'm talking. You're watching a YouTube video. Like, look at that. That seems to be something. There's something happening. There seem there kind of seems to be linear time. There's your memories. There's your projected future. All this stuff, there's, you know, the chair that you're sitting in or not sitting or the floor that you're standing in seems hard or something. But actually, um, none, of this none of this has any basis. And even, even every single statement that I say doesn't actually have basis because it's like... Um, Everything that I say is so easily controverted, you know? It's like, it's completely in conflict with observed reality. As, as you might be, you know, noting. You might be raising objections and to, to the truth of what I'm saying. And your objections are, you know, they're, they're founded. But then, but then also they're not. I mean, I'm just saying that your objections are valid in the sense that they are just kind of like they are they're pointing to one aspect of this paradox. Which is, it sure as hell seems like I'm an individual in the world experiencing things. It sure seems like this ground is solid, like this floor is solid, you know? But I will, I will like, maybe try to uh, explain that this variety of of objection or this this type of argument that well i i certainly seem real if you if you if i punch you in the face you will won't you say ouch and why don't i jump off a bridge and why does the floor feel solid and why can't i pass my hand right through it if there's no self and there's no world this sort of thing uh and let, let's just like that that's actually that actually is a pretty big like mistaken way of thinking about things um and let's just kind of examine this notion that the floor that like that the ground is that things are solid that because you can touch them and you can see them that they must be real and this is like what this is doing is is imagining an alternate reality in which there would still be there's still the you perceiving but then the other things like 
either aren't there or they they somehow appear like very ethereal or something like like that you could that you could the the notion that you could experience the floor not being there that you could the notion that you could experience the table not being there is a mistaken notion It's not possible to experience the absence of things, actually. It's not possible to experience the non-existence of things. I'm not saying that you couldn't, you can't, there's not the experience of, like, missing something. I'm saying... That the, the note, the... That, like, sensing something, sensing something, is, is, uh, is actually conceptually framed. That, that the act of, of sensing, saying, like, I see something, or I feel something, is dependent on this dual construction of there being a something and there being a me and sensing being the component of that construction that connects the two. And that this construction has no inherent basis. that more fundamentally, there's just this. There's just this kind of happening. There's just this happening. It's not... It, and, and so, what I'm saying is that... that there there isn't a another truth that is somehow like beyond your senses that i'm saying that like this experience isn't illusory in the sense that there's an other more true experience on the same register of experience which is how how it would be very tempting to think about it because that is actually thinking about conventional reality in the same mode of conventional reality to posit a different conventional reality that's like more true that's that's just kind of uh that's kind of like a missing of of the whole thing And kind of like, in the same sense, that's that's why that what I'm saying doesn't doesn't imply any kind of ethical nihilism, because it's not saying it's not saying that what appears in in 
conventional reality of of the dualistic existence of you and me and the rest of the world um, it's not saying that there's that it's not saying that like the morality or or ethics that appear in conventional reality have some kind of more true alternative that appears in that would appear in the same register of conventional reality let me try and see if i can i'm 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 trying as 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 hard as i can to like maybe explain it uh, in the clearest way possible, even though it's like ultimately inexpressible and you know just just imp- impossible. But it's like uh, it's like it, what's required is to always like look for the beyond of the of the words. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like an objection that might arise here that would seem to be on ethical grounds that, you know, like, well, well, you know, if none of this is real, then, like, nothing matters, and so I can do anything I want. But I, I think that's just, like, kind of, like, a misinterpretation and, and an over-application I don't know. It's like, um, 
let, let me let me ad, admit that I'm like feeling a little confused now because it's like there's there's uh I'm I'm like talking about a a so-called conventional reality I'm I'm like talking about a, a so-called like regular life I'm 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 talking about some kind of like plane of existence where there's a you and a me and other people and things are real and time is real and time passes And yet, at the same time, uh, that that I, I just like I just can't deny this reality that all of that is is like. like a, a kind of projection out of nothingness, a projection like of nothingness. It's like a projection out of no time, no self, no thing. Or rather than being a projection like it just is that. That the, the appearance of time is no time. It's and it's in fact a perfect expression of it. And that the the appearance of self, the illusion of self, is the perfect expression of no self. And the appearance of things is the perfect expression of no thing. I feel like I I could go down some long-winded elaborations on those assertions. I I probably will inevitably do that. But first, I need to drink some water.
And let me let me just kind of like reiterate the the absolute inadequacy of anything that I could possibly say here. It's completely inadequate. Nothing that I say even even like approaches truth. It it's not possible. Not even not even this statement. Not even that not even that very self-negation. It's nothing but ongoing paradox. <coughs> Like, I, I remember thinking, I can remember, I can remember thinking to myself, maybe I just, I just, like, won't get into talking about this, this no-self, this, uh, this, uh, non-dual philosophy, as it were. Maybe I just won't get into that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stay in, you know, more conventional topics. And that's, you know, that's like, uh, it's like an impossibility. Like, like there's actually no conventional world there, there in, they're like, in in the most speaking, in the most truthful way that I can that I can even attempt to speak. It's that there's there's no world, there's no truth, there's no conventional logic. So maybe just to come back and elaborate on this like idea that uh that the appearance of self or the illusion of self is in fact the the expression of no self. Uh man, I don't know, I can't do it. It's not possible. It's, it's like this, it's like this is <clears throat> the failure of apprehending reality. This is the failure to apprehend any truth. 
And it's, it's like all that can happen. And it's just like, it's just like fantastically, wildly, wonderfully out of control. And I'm, um, it's like, I think I, I think I'm noticing myself losing my train of thoughts more here. And, uh, we can, we can imagine that from a certain perspective as potentially having some like physiological cause. So perhaps I'm like getting more tired or something. And so my working memory capacity is diminishing yet at the same time i think it's i think it's also uh reflective of this increasing recognition of the total impossibility of saying anything meaningful it's totally impossible here even even when even when that assertion flows from the very the very like concerted and strategic attempt at being as meaningful as possible attempting to say the most meaningful things possible the most beneficial things possible is resulting in the recognition of the non-existence of meaning, the impossibility of meaning, the baselessness of concepts like benefit. And I'm just going to have to like uh, continue making constant disclaimers to sort of refute uh what i'm imagining to be common or easy misinterpretations of what i'm saying so for instance <clears throat> if i speak of the baselessness of the concept of benefit then i'm not affirming its opposite of of harm or something. I'm not 
saying that in any way benefit is denigrated to some lower level than harm. It's not because harm is equally meaningless, but like maybe more important to say is that we're not denigrating the notion of pragmatism or, or functioning or ethics below a conventional understanding of reality which could then lead towards an ethical nihilism where you're saying okay then it's okay to do something no 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 it's it's really it's really you know like a like a, a denigration of 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 all of reality but it's not actually a denigration it's not it's not it's not us doing we're, it's not us doing something there's not there's not any agent here doing anything there's not any like change to be made there's no there's no change possible there's no change possible and there's no there's not even time you know it's like time is is an illusory construction There's no change and there's no there's no stasis either. And I recognize I recognize that the there's a there's a kind of like mental gravitational pull towards towards trying to to um, apply what's going on to to try and get wisdom or get understanding or get meaning out of this you know and to to apply it to the world i i recognize that that's kind of like that that that's kind of like a mental activity that has a tremendous amount of gravity toward with it to to um to attempt to like solidify out of this meaninglessness out of this emptiness out of this nothingness to solidify some kind of meaningful application of knowledge into the rest of the world. There's this gravity towards trying to look for the practical or the ethical implications to this, but in fact that, that they aren't real, that this is not wisdom, this is not knowledge this doesn't have implications or applications but that this this like mental activity we'll call it of like of solidification into meaning is 
that's that's also a totally natural occurrence. That's totally natural expression of what is or isn't going on here. And it's it is in fact not even a problem in in the ultimate level. It's like it is a mistake in one sense. And that it's like continuing to like uh, project and solidify and concretize a solid seeming reality that has meaning and continuity. A reality in which you you exist as an entity, which you you are important. This you, like who is his, who is trying and and me even as well, like like both of us we're we're trying we're like kind of like habitually with this kind of like gravitational pull to like extract out of this out of the the pure emptiness of this some kind of application for us that will be beneficial for us some way that we can be a better person that we could be happier more fulfilled how we might be able to benefit the world how we might be able to be a you know a more beneficial person in the world and yet that's all a mistake just in the sense that that's that's untrue that there there just is not meaning and yet at the same time that's that's um that activity if we want to call it that is at the same time just the 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 perfect expression of the emptiness and um yeah i'm i'm probably failing to to describe this in in a clear way which you know i i think that's kind of inevitable but i'm trying anyways even though everything that I'm saying is is just wrong. Like, even for me to say I'm trying to explain something is not true. It's like on, on some some apparent level, it's kind of it's kind of true. But you know, what would ostensibly be being a- attempted at expressed what is what is ostensibly trying to be expressed is something without agency that is something that 
like like the the notion of effort or trying is a a meaningless idea and even even anything like existence is a meaningless idea to it and even even the notion of of it being something is meaningless But just to, just to maybe like, uh, just to like, maybe like back off a little bit in, in tone, I'll just kind of reflect here that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm remembering the beginning, uh, like beginning of this video and, uh, my kind of positive emotional tone, um, uh, and this, this, uh, like, referring my my reference towards like the experience of expanding the experience of my anxieties dissipating and this being like a really positive thing but but like now I kind of I kind of have to reflect upon this notion of that being a a positive experience or an experience at all is is coming from a very relative notion of of existing as a self <clears throat> because it's like paradoxically enough like the telos of that expansion that telos of the relaxing of the like constricted feelings of being a self who needs to look after it for itself and look after its concerns and protect itself the the end point of that is is the very absence of of that self completely and without the self there's no experience and and without that there's no there's no positive or negative there's no good or bad it's like the it's like the end game of of benefit is the absence of good or bad i mean that's you know of course a compromised way to say it but we could also think of it as like any good approaching ultimate good is merely like the absence of of um, dualistic types dualistic like registers of existence which you know it, it that does entail the the absence of suffering it is an absence of suffering
but it's as it's as if it's as if the 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 deepest most profound absence of suffering entails the absence of self and and thus it can't even be an experience there's no there's no one left to experience it And so I'll say in a certain sense that like, so I, I'm going to say in an untrue sense that this experience is like the, the epitome of what one could want from life. I mean, just speaking from like personally, and I'm, I'm speaking, you know, in a, in a very relative way here that this experience is is everything that I want out of life. Like every any anything good that I could be looking for from life. This is it. Like this and it it's it's actually beyond it. It's actually more. It's actually... It's actually like more good than... than a person could ever want. Than a person could ever be seeking for. It's, it's a good that is not even, like, containable by a person. It's not even experienceable. Like, experience can't even contain it. It explodes beyond the boundary of selfhood and of experience. And it's, and it's just this. It's just this.
And it's, it's always this. And yet, like, and yet this relativity is always, always, always seems at least, it always seems that there's like the, the relative, the, the real, the real hard pragmatism of life. It, it, it certainly seems. Like, for instance, I could, I can say, I can say that in some, I can say in some weird sense that, like, this is, this is caused by something that, that, um, This ex this experience that I'm having, so like we're you know we're already kind of on this um, dual mode of examining things, uh, which is fine, which is fine. We can we can talk that way for a little bit. Um, this ex this experience that I'm having, so like you know, I I am having an experience. We we could say that is contributed to by a number of causes for instance my ongoing practice of making these videos my repetition of these videos my encountering of um, other people's thoughts and philosophies and whatever other life experiences that I've had and we can we can say that my mental emotional state is contributed to by physiological factors like my health and that my health is caused in part by my lifestyle decisions and my dietary decisions and the 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 fact of me you know trying to implement a relatively ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting leading towards a more stable blood sugar level and thus a more stable mood and the ability to do this activity for a long period of time and retain some you know, ongoing cognitive function, etc., etc., etc. All the, basically, you know, all the all the causes of life. But then, you know, 
of course we can talk about that. And that's only natural. Like I could go, I could go on a little tangent of here, like extolling the benefits of, you know, dropping the refined carbs out of your diet and avoiding soy bean oil and canola oil and etc. And and how that and uh, intermittent fasting and how that will regulate your emotions to allow for a more unfettered experience of, of expansion, of um, a better mood that equates to a relax, relaxation of the constrictive, the, the contractive energies that, that manifest as the self. I can, I can speak like that and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun, even, and I'm I'm actually happy to, at least at this point, to talk about those relative factors, those those relative kind of planes of existence. But I can't help but also. Keep in mind their, their, the, limit, the limitation of that way of thinking because it's kind of like, I mean, it's, it's not really a limitation, but it's, it's simply that like, if you look at things like cause and effect and you actually follow any train of cause and effect, you, you, it, it takes you into infinity. You know what I mean? Like if you if you try to trace any chain of cause and effect, it's like you know like like asking like what is the reason that I am here making this video right now, and what is the reason that you are here watching this video? Like what's the reason? And then we, um, it's evident that uh, we could in, we can interpret many versions of the reason. So like one one interpretation and and so and everybody wants one of these everybody wants one of these explanations just tell you know like just tell me the reason that you're doing this and um so i can feel okay um but and of course like any of these like causations is is in fact going to be an interpretation so like Maybe, like, I, I would say that uh, I'm making this video uh, because it's art and uh, because of my personal history of encountering performance and conceptual art and my, my interpretation of the, the history of art. Uh, leads me towards doing this activity or something like that and that would be one interpretation but like but then like kind of equally true um, or equally untrue I could I could also say that 
Um, you know, I make videos that are like this because um, of my history of like a meditation practice and the form of thinking that meditation uh, has has shaped in me and this uh, this is an interpretation of my understanding of various like eastern thought or so on or, or this is my expression of whatever insight i might have gained from meditating a lot or, or something like that and that would be kind of like an equal interpretation or you could look at it from this other angle of of being like why why do you make such pointless videos or whatever uh and like could be like uh you know it could it could i could speak it in like socioeconomic terms of like you know i was like uh you know raised in a um middle class but very bo bohemian family and um through the process through the process of like strategic downward mobility i've ended up with a lot of time on my hands that is not um beholden to any employer or or something like that and and that would be you know an, an equally valid interpretation of of things and and then you know just by that process like we we realize that all of these causalities are in fact just kind of like stories they're they're uh and it's fine but n none of them have like inherent truth to them all of them are completely dependent on a number of other concepts memories other illusions basically they don't have inherent substance and and what they are and in fact like what what all of this is i mean another way of looking at it is is the efflux as um as the the as as kind of like the 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 neo plat, plat, platonist uh philosopher um plotinus would put it plotinus um talks about reflux and efflux reflux being the the returning to the one the the great unity um the the center of all things and efflux being the 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 multitudinous proliferation of the many the the world the the outflowing of the world the the many things that appear look at that cute bird And now, like, um, that's kind of put into a, a temporal framework of thinking about it, of, of, like, you know, like, we could think about reflux 
um, temporally, um, maybe maybe in an example of like a person practicing a spiritual practice and maybe like through meditation or, or whatever practice um, seeming to have this ex- this experience of like like demanifesting and like returning to like the 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 great unknown source of all things or we could think of uh, efflux in a temporal way of just like the 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 unfolding of the universe and its manifestation into the many things and like so like personally the manifestation into like um, a multitude of thoughts and experiences and you know experiences of selfhood and of, of world like that being efflux if you if we want to but but ultimately like putting those things in in terms of temporality or putting them in terms of any agency or putting them in terms of any personhood uh is ultimately a compromised way of talking about them but that's but of but of course this is fine because like ultimately it's like the reflux is the efflux the 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 one is the many and and there there isn't really any linear time and there isn't really any person to have experience in the first place but that the yeah like the like the the efflux is like simultaneously the reflux in such a way that there's really neither or to maybe to maybe try and put this like in like personal terms that like the the relative experience of self as separate from reality is actually not different from the dissolution of self into uh you know so so-called unity um and that that might require a little bit of further clarification uh, which I will attempt to do. Which is that, like, let's let's like, kind of like examine this this uh, this notion that say a person could experience enlightenment let's just like you know imagine that because that's like that seems like a common uh preoccupation um and a common like actually a very common mythology and especially if we kind of broaden it to really include 
any of the soteriological religions that we have. And by soteriological, I mean related to the notion of salvation. So it's like, hello. It's like um, pretty much most dominant religions, most widespread religions have have this element of salvation in one form or another. So like Christianity, of course, like salvation is in the afterlife. When you transcend this, this mortal coil and you you can kind of be in God's presence in heaven and the ending of suffering. And then it's it's in, in Buddhism as well as like containing this notion of enlightenment or nirvana or the the release of from the, the birth and death cycle. Release from the cycle of birth and death. Uh, which is like that is that is imagined as nirvana as you know like the the ultimate ending of suffering because you don't you don't, you no longer manifest as an individual and the individual is like this the separateness from the world that is the root of of suffering and like you know that's essentially true i i would say that like um that suffering that suffering is is as at least you know highly tied into uh how extremely one is experiencing their their separate self their individuation as a, as opposed to the world <clears throat> So, so this is another, this is just kind of like another shape of this idea of salvation that one can be saved. The idea that one could experience the absence of suffering. That one, and, and it's essentially saying, it's essentially saying that one could have the experience of not being a self. And if you actually examine that proposition, it's it's a contradiction in terms. It's like experience and selfhood create each other. Experience and selfhood are are simply two sides of the same coin. They they are they're just they they imply the existence of each other they necessitate the existence of each other and so like to me it seems fairly obvious that any kind of notion of nirvana as an experience it like it is is carrying with it the continued idea that you are a self who's going to experience that.
and it's that that itself is is just like another expression of that duality this 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 seeking of something resembling nirvana or salvation or whatever is to is totally a manifestation of the exact same thing that suffering is that that separateness is that individuation is so i'm i'm basically saying that on one hand, there is no salvation, no salvation for you, no salvation for any person. But then on the other hand, that every, absolutely everything is already salvation. It's already saved. It's already uh, nirvana, if you will. But it's, it's like, um, that's kind of like a, you know, a very loaded term at this point. But uh, I, was, I was saying all that um, to make another point. Let me try and remember what that was. Uh, yeah, something about the, 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 the soteriological religions. Oh yeah, in in the sense of Okay, so so I think I got it now. So um Let's still let's still kind of like imagine some some like uh, the the concept of nirvana or enlightenment or or this ultimately becoming one like um, so you have to look at this concept of the one and what it what it entails what what is really meant by like the ultimate, the universal, the, the, that, that you could connect with, that you could be one with. And it, it just, it has to be acknowledged that like, say, if that were to happen, say, if a person were to like, quote-unquote, gain enlightenment or, like, achieve um, total dissolution into the absolute. The, the total dissolution of, of self versus other. So, an actual non-dual state of being. Like, pretending that that's, that that's possible... What, like, what is, let's like, look at, let's examine that claim for a second. It's just that. Total, you know, total connection with the one. 
there's no possible experience of that. There's no, there, there can't be anyone left to experience totality. It's, it's, a, it's a total contradiction in terms. Like, this has to be acknowledged. You cannot pretend that there is a, a, some person, some subject, some, ex, some even, you can't even pretend that there is any, like, evidence of, like, that there's no even, like, residue of some version of selfhood or some version of subjectivity, even if you think of it as, like, your, your big self, your capital S self or something, that could remain to experience um, totality. Because it cannot experience itself. I mean, I know that that... And so, so that kind of, like, maybe gives rise to a, a metaphor that we have, that I've heard, maybe you've heard it too, of like what you are as being, you know, the universe playing hide and seek with itself, the universe hiding itself in order to see itself. Um, because if it weren't, if it weren't hiding, um, then there would, there's no, there's, there is no experience, you know. It's like it has to hide from itself in order for to to for there to be experience and for there to be something experienced, like hiding from itself in order to find itself. That that sort of thing, and that's like uh, that is actually maybe like a a truer metaphor in relation to this this notion of a separate nirvana this a separate um you know realization of oneness because what that then points to is like okay so so why then this efflux why this manifestation why this appearance of of the self and of the world why this appearance of like the specific and so you know thinking on the terms of that metaphor it makes a kind of sense right that if 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 the oneness is impossible to be experienced and therefore like if it were for for it to be experienced totally is effectively the same thing as nothingness you know what i mean like if if the If the experience of totality leaves nothing left of the experiencer to experience anything, then it is the same as nothingness, right? Doesn't that... I believe that follows logically. 
and so like if that and so like you know paradoxically what that leaves us with is a totality and a simultaneous nothing that that if you're to posit the existence of any totality that is like to posit the the existence of of any you know empirical reality so to speak that logically you you simultaneously have to posit a nothingness that it is and so then you have like if the totality is nothing and cannot be experienced then like what that leaves what that leaves is like incomplete experience like it's it seems like in that there could be incomplete experience or experience of incompleteness so maybe we say maybe we, you know we take the metaphor and say what we are is the universe um appearing to like uh you know pinch off and separate um a little part of itself so that it can experience itself so that like that experiencer is is necessarily incomplete and then what is experienced is necessary necessarily incomplete i think that follows pretty logically that any experiencer is necessary necessarily an incomplete manifestation of totality or of nothingness and anything that is experienced is an incomplete manifestation of totality or nothingness and so it could be said there that that essentially the the only thing that can exist in 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 terms of any like you know conventional notion of what can exist is necessarily incomplete you know on both subject and object sides of the coin it's it's necessarily incompleteness and i i would say that one could look at absolutely everything that seems to manifest everything that appears as a perfect expression of incompleteness the fact that you can never be finally satisfied the fact that you 
can never finally reach the the end point of your life goals that you can never finally hammer anything down you can never finally solve all the problems that the experience of being human is one of like a um a constant striving etc and and like even the manifestation of temporal time the the fact that the fact that we can't we can't even grasp onto a solid now we can't grasp onto a present moment it's it's always transient you you can't even perceive now you can't even perceive any any fundamental uh now with like any kind of like atomic uh inherent substance to it the the fact that there, there's no now that is in any way complete in fact there's basically no now at all and then so like um the 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 void of now presents itself as past and future and the the void of the the void of selfhood the absence of selfhood the the fact that you cannot pinpoint any any atom that is like the, the kernel the core of the self ever and if you look for it you only find absence that absence that void kind of like weird weirdly enough like it is that it that like is kind of expressed as the story of self the complex interlocking web of of past memories and and thoughts and concepts that are are kind of thought to be the self but if you look at any of them they're they have nothing to do with the self And so like this this um this this dilemma that we I mean so I mean so-called dilemma this this um paradoxical quality of of this experience the fact that not even this can like arrive at any real truth the fact that everything that I can can appear to say is like always untrue in a sense i mean it, it is always conditioned it always is always part of the like the conditioned sort of cause and effect uh, appearance of of the relative existence the so so essentially just putting it in simpler terms the fact that even in 4 hours we can't really arrive at any truth 
is another perfect expression of this incompleteness that is kind of all that can seem to exist. And like every everything, absolutely everything is a manifestation of that. So even even like the our, our pragmatic limitations. Like considering the sort of conventional logic that I'll have to eat at some point, that I have to keep uh, drinking water, that the batteries in this camera have to hold up, etc. That that um, that those sorts of factors like have this potential to impinge. <coughs> on whatever on whatever profound like philosophical insight or spiritual truth that I might be uh spouting off here uh is another manifestation of that the fact you know like the hard fact that like you know the seemingly seemingly hard fact of like the 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 stories what i'm referring to as the, these like relative level of, of appearance or what i'm referring to as the stories that we're talking about that they they will always continue to impinge on any profundity that we might otherwise seem to be able to get at and be basically revealing it as bullshit is another kind of perfect expression of it. There's like, there's this undeniable level in which like, this video is bullshit, you know? This level in which like, you'll get done watching this or stop watching it at some point and somebody will, you know, just say anything to you about about life. Hey, do you want to go get dinner um or like uh any anything practical like it's time to go to go to sleep or whatever or or the fact that you get tired or hungry or whatever uh and that those factors seem to become real and and they essentially do become real is is just another expression of the fact that you cannot get to reality you cannot get to truth you cannot even experience it you cannot get you can you cannot get wholeness in any in any terms that can really be conceived of. It's like the, 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 um, the partiality is the wholeness. The, uh, the limitation is the wholeness. The ongoing problematic nature of life is the wholeness is the salvation is is you know they are they are just the same but then even you know using using the words like wholeness or salvation like also is kind of loaded in 
in a way that's not entirely true. Just that there, there is no wholeness, there is no salvation, effectively. And yet, everything is it already. It's like, yeah, like I said before, it's just, it's nothing, it's nothing but endless paradox upon paradox upon paradox into infinity. And by, by paradox, I basically mean, I, I basically mean like impossibility that the way things are is impossible. And it's the way they are. And so if you want, just take, take absolutely anything as the perfect expression of the exact same thing that I, I seem to be saying. Silence is the same thing. Silence is no more or less meaningful. Look at that, that's insane. Let me get the, let me get the, uh... You know, nonsense is... Nonsense and sense are, are essentially the same thing. Let's look, let's just like, you know, why not, why not indulge in some visual stimulation. Look at this. What is going on with this tree? It's nuts. It's just like in anything, in anything, there's like, 
a um, infinite degrees of complexity that are infinitely un inconceivable. Like this tree, like we cannot, we absolutely cannot like apprehend a real understanding of this tree. Even the word tree is like, you know, a reductive concept, of course, but like it is, it is the same of any quote unquote experience that it is a degree of complexity that can never ever at all be even close to apprehended. Like the, the apparent apprehension or knowledge of anything, all it is is, a, is limitation. And that's perfectly fine and natural. Like a knowledge about this tree in whatever form you want to uh, frame it, whether it be botany, like a botat botanical description of the species of the species, or ecological, talking about its interrelationship with other things, or like even if you want to look at it at a cellular level or even a physical a uh, physical level these are all different descriptions that are in no way the tree there's there's absolutely no level at which the tree is apprehended it's only limitation And I think that there's, there's, uh, I think that's essentially what the experience of beauty is, or truth for that matter. But talking about beauty, um, to me, like the experience of beauty is always like a very, is, is more just like a turned up experience of the the unapprehendable the the uh incomprehensibility of something the um so like a richness let uh, let's say of like aesthetic quality 
that that presents as having some level of of comprehension that there's some there's some like a sense making aspect of it that there's some aspect of it that that forms a kind of meaning an experience and an experience of meaning and yet implied in that meaning or that um implied in the very comprehension of it is its very incomprehensibility i don't know like if if you've ever had like an a powerful experience looking at a painting or listening to a piece of music it's like like something in this is resonating with me and i feel like i understand it and yet at the same time like that that like that satisfying element also contains the unsatisfying element of like i want more of this i want to i want to experience this even more i want to i want to delve in even deeper and like try to apprehend every minute detail of it but then you keep discovering that each detail reveals within it a whole another level of detail that you have not yet even perceived that sort of experience that's is what i'm talking about as beauty and i'm just saying that that is that is fundamental to reality and it's kind of the same it's kind of the same with truth like um it's like if we try to try to try to nail down what truth is um there's something that where it's like there there's a consistent correspondence with experience that like like truth kind of like appears as um like the the experience of truth i would say is like a a um concordance of the different aspects of reality or or of of what would otherwise be discordant aspects of reality or realities in which the aspects of reality in which the connection is is unknown or something and then you have an experience of relative understanding where previously disparate angles on reality come into a kind of accordance we experience that as truth and yet i think always within that experience of truth or understanding of truth is always there's always in, there's always embedded the the continuation of of the quest for it there's always there's always it it always entails within it um 
its exact opposite of knowing that you don't know of um of like a new like a a, a kind of like further a, a further apprehension of aspects of reality that now that are now in discordance i don't know if that makes any sense that now there are there are other aspects of experience or aspects of reality that 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 call out their problematic nature that call out their their uh, paradox that call for resolution so like this i guess this is just another way of talking about the more verbal quality of truth but but also the fact that it just is untruth as just as much i don't know if that's a it's probably not the most clear way of stating it but there you have it Like this is this is insane. This this um, experience of being up on this mountain, uh, we're on the Appalachian Trail, and um, like just to, it's like these rocks, you know. Even even any one of this rock, these rocks, like <clears throat> I feel in this moment could contain like an unending degree of just visual interest and yet and yet like combined with that visual interest an unending kind of story of its own creation its history or or slash its um geology that 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 you know points to a time span that is that is way way far beyond even the existence of a human you know it's like this this visual this apparently visual experience just of this here like is inextricable from a reality without any human observer like what the fuck and then like even and so there, there seems to exist this field of geology that can construct kind of a story of how the Appalachian Mountains were created through, uh, you know, tectonic plates, tectonic activity and mountain raising collision of uh, a bunch of different collision events and all of this taking place on... A time scale that's absolutely impossible to conceive of. You know, with with any kind of like relation to human lifespan. It's an incredible, it's it's really a, an incredible, like mind-blowing story, just like the the knowledge of geology. 
this the story of how how these like very ordinary things came to be and yet that all of that knowledge just points to a whole it, it just points to a whole absence it points to like the vacuity of knowledge it points to the absence of knowledge it it's even like pointing to uh, very much like like a beyond of even bi- biology and like asking us i mean if you ask me it's like asking us to like um imagine a world that uh doesn't even involve perception before there was even an organism you know before the advent of any sensory organ no eyes yet no no life you know it's like every every amount of knowledge is like just beckoning every little piece of knowledge is just beckoning us to go to follow it into a just incredible like vast potential like like stretching of of what it means to exist at all i don't know i'm i'm uh feel like i'm starting to babble a little bit and wax uh a little bit too poetic or something but i guess that's okay what happens when you walk and talk for hours Especially on a nice ass day. And, um, something that's like, you know, could be thought of as simultaneously interesting and frustrating at this moment is that. I'm just taking a, a very a personal example. It's like I noticed myself getting a little bit, a little bit more tired and a little bit more hungry as I go on, and and thirsty. I might actually be running a little low on water. Um, and and so In one way, I could interpret this as the apparent pragmatic starting to encroach on our uh, our waxing philosophical the uh, the everyday encroaching on the would-be transcendent. 
and yet at the same time it's also just it's also it's also just totally interesting and fascinating the 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 just like total the total inconsistency of experience you know like that you know as as time goes on it's like there's no there's no there's no continuity there's no consistency in experience like what i say in one moment will not be true the next moment to me and it's like just as you would rightly point out um that like you know well you probably won't you probably wouldn't uh be talking about no self uh if you were starving and you're absolutely right that's absolutely true and it's just like even even evidenced as like probably uh like the more hungry or the tireder i get like the more those types of concerns will start to like creep into what i'm saying and creep into our experience we could say and and it's the same way that it's the same way that the pragmatic ethical considerations always encroach <clears throat> that like you know your your potential question about okay well what about what about all the violence and the suffering and the people that are dealing with living conditions that don't afford them any any time or energy to to think about all this highfalutin philosophical shit that you're spouting off ben and i would say you're you're completely right that like that 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 is a real problem and it's 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 a, it's it is a manifestation you know it, it that is another manifestation of of like everything that i've been talking about which is is not to say that you is not to say that you like magically resolve it and that like that hunger and violence are no longer problems and that sort of thing it's like no they're they're very much problems and so this is this is the way that i that i'm saying that like prag, pragmatism practicality ethics helping benefiting people is like is is just as implicated in all this philosophizing it's not you don't it's not like fixed you know it's not fixed by this it's it's implicated in it that you have that you know i mean i i'm not going to say like you know we 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 can't draw from this like i don't think like specific applications like the the things that i'm saying aren't specifically applicable towards strategy and that sort of thing it's like that's a whole nother Th- those are specific considerations you know so in the way that like 
the the but then but then those appear you know like that the those specific those specific sort of like ethical mandates they 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 come in they appear i mean to you and like so like to me uh just like taking like like looking at my immediate pragmatic concerns that encroach and they're specific that i'm that i'm getting thirsty and i just need to remind myself of that by the way and that i'm probably long, running low on water oh yeah okay i'm totally out of water okay so this is this is a specific problem and I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit far, you know, from the car. And then, um, I mean, just give me a moment, I'm a little distracted because there's somebody walking here. Here's another, here's another, uh, you know, the specific, the, the pragmatic encroaches, we'll say, or just like appears. Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. Nice day, huh? Yeah, really nice. Have a good one. You too. As, as, it's it's not, it's not really on a different. It's not really on a different plane of reality or in any way um, like like sub important it's it's not there there it's not on some lower hierarchical rung of reality it's it's like of the same importance i'm saying which is you know ultimately none but uh getting a little confused here but there's there are a lot of kind of there are a lot of kind of simplified and compromised ways that I that I could talk about this relationship and so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of like maybe come up with one that that doesn't feel too overly simplified or overly compromised I suppose I suppose that um, any explanation of the ethical implications of the sort of beyond that is maybe being pointed at or referenced here um, always depends on a, uh, 
a lot of metaphor. And I think, th I think that's like pretty natural. And so like we, we can, we can kind of, I mean, I think, I think this is where I'm, I'm like really kind of getting into speculation where getting into some realms that I, I, I feel like now, like I, I need to think about these more even before really talking about them. But the sort of, the, the, the sort of speculation that That like, if if harm, if suffering is is caused by the you know the illusion of selfhood, that it's it's somehow, in a way, it's like doing fucked up shit um, is incompatible with the absence of suffering or something like that but i can i can notice in that statement how it's 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 a little bit inconsistent with a lot of what i've been saying because it, it already depends on a lot of dualistic concepts It's 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 as almost if I as if I want to say that like any any benefit that that approaches ultimate or something like that can't can't really like come about through the the like self interest, you know what I mean? But it's 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 weird and paradoxical to talk about because it's like it's kind of as if it's kind of as if my whole premise right now is like to make a moral injunction upon you of uh, giving a takeaway or something that we can apply to morality or something that that I would feel good about and you would feel good about, uh, and that's kind of like that is just kind of like a contradiction of this whole uh, message or non-message or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? So I'm a little, I'm just a, like a little stumped here about like what to say about ethics. Like kind of having the feeling that, that I don't have any advice to give you. Which I really don't. I really don't have any advice. But, I mean, like, not being an asshole. You know, that's, that's, that's pretty hard to argue with. But, you know, I think that's a given. I think that's obvious. I mean, and if, of course, like, that all, that all, you know, 
relies upon a bunch of dualistic premises. And so it's, it's you know, it's, it's of course like an incomplete kind of compromise things, but that's, you know, that's odd. That's of course, so is everything. I should probably keep walking to the actual scenic spot, but then I'm kind of thirsty. That means the more I'll, the farther I'll have to walk back. Well, also the battery's getting low for some reason. I think the the external batteries is uh, maybe not totally charged. So maybe we just go, we got 3% left. I mean, this is, this is like where I face this dilemma of so, so the four hour commitment is actually really important here in that It's, it's kind of a framework in which everything that arises in this four hours like has to be taken into consideration. You know, that like, and so, so it's like, it's like with a longer duration of time, it's more difficult to like uphold some particular framework or perspective um, that, that is like more relative or, or more limited or something. And so like when you, when you have this continuous experience of four hours, it's like, you're kind of like stretching. If, if you're, if you're kind of like stretching the, the limitations of your own Physiolo physiology, your like emotional resilience, your cognitive abilities by this duration. Uh, I think it's it's really important because then like all the all the other it it provides this space in which like blind spots have to kind of be revealed and you have to deal with them. Like that the that I have to keep talking, you know, the fact that I have to keep talking and that it is going to be revealed on YouTube to like a bit large public. Like means that I kind of have to deal with whatever emotions, whatever. Uh... Okay, our battery is just about dead now. It's pretty much dead. So I'm going to say bye.